Welcome to the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we are having conversations that matter for wherever the military has taken you. We're bringing you stories from real military spouses who not only understand the challenges, they are harnessing the opportunities to build lives they can love. From new spouses to veteran spouses, you'll get tips, tricks, and actionable steps that will help you along your military life journey. Welcome everyone, this is Heather Campbell, and we are so thankful you have joined us on the Mill Housing Nation podcast, where we dive into the uniqueness of the military family journey by helping you build a life, a community, and a home you love when you are not in control of where you will call home next. Hey friends, welcome back. We are getting ready to close out 2022, and we still have lots of great content to share with you here in the Mill Housing Nation podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how much you should be saving for a down payment on your home. And I know that as we are getting into this end part of 2022, we are seeing record inflation, interest rates are climbing high, lots of scary things are happening when you're looking at that next chapter of where your family is going to live, when you're looking at how to buy a home. But before we get into today's content, I want to take a moment to say thank you to today's sponsors, Navy Mutual and Caliber Home Loans. We cannot do what we do here in the Mill Housing Network and in the Mill Housing Nation podcast without their support. Okay, let's dive right into it. When we're talking about how much you should save for a home, like I already mentioned, we have to be aware of what's going on in the economy right now. We've got very high interest rates. We have record inflation. Things are costing more and more, and wages haven't necessarily caught up with that. Now, different, I guess, future predictors will say that means this is coming or that is coming, but those aren't things that we can control or necessarily things we should be worrying about. All we can do is control our homes and control our actions and how we are preparing. So when you are looking at how much to save for your house, take a look at a couple of different things. Now, the gold standard has always been 20%, 20% down, right? But especially for military families, as everybody right now, but especially us military families who are often one income, that number can seem completely unreachable. So there's other things to consider in there as well. Look at things like your debt to income ratio. How much debt are you carrying? Maybe from a home mortgage in another location. Maybe you have credit card debt or student loans or a car payment. Maybe you have a vacation club that you pay for, something like that. So pay attention to those things. What other commitments have you made for your dollars, right? That's what debt is. It's, it's commitments for either past purchases or something you're paying over time, but you have committed your dollars to go to something else. So what commitments do you have for your dollars? And also what dollars are coming in, that debt to income ratio. This is something that lenders are going to look at when they determine whether or not basically they think you are a safe bet. If they think they should gamble and, and give you this money that you don't have, and then whether or not you are likely to pay them back appropriately is essentially how all of this works. That how, that's how credit works. That's how credit scores work. It's whether or not you can pay back this money that you don't have in your pocket right now, right? So we have to keep in mind debt to income ratio. Lenders are going to look at other things you've committed your dollars to. Now, one of the things you can do to improve your debt to income ratio is obviously pay off debt. But that is not that simple. Sometimes it takes a long time. We had a number of student loans. Those took years and years to really feel like we were making a dent and paying down that debt. But there are small things that you can start doing in the meantime, different ways. And we all know this things can snowball and very small actions can turn into something really big. So maybe when you're going out to eat, if that's part of your routine, I'm not going to say don't go out to eat, but maybe starting to share entrees, 
you know, instead of getting your two meals and your appetizer and getting drinks or doing all of that, maybe it's something that you have a glass of wine and then you go out to dinner. Or maybe you share an entree. But little things like that can start saving $15, $20 on an outing. Well, if you do that twice a month, okay, that's an extra $50 that you can put into an emergency fund. You can put towards a debt or just dollars that you're not spending elsewhere. So starting to be intentional in those small ways. What can we do in the money that we're already spending? You can also call some of these different areas where you owe debt, and you could always ask for a new interest rate. Now, right now, with interest rates being so high, you may or may not have luck, but if you have a great repayment history, say on student loans, maybe you can refinance them, or maybe you have different credit card debt and they're willing to give you a lower interest. So that's something you can always ask for. Depending on the situation, they might run your credit and try to pull a new credit score, and that could potentially lower your credit score before you're applying for a mortgage. So that's something to keep in mind. If you're looking to you know, take out, say, a home loan in the next six to 12 months, this might not be a good option. But if it's something, hey, three or five years down the road, what ways can you start negotiating those interest rates, paying down extra, and making sure that you are improving that debt-to-income ratio? Another thing you can do if you do have debt, say another mortgage, you can call and make sure that extra payments are going to the principal and not advancing your due date. So making sure that, hey, this extra $25, I want that to go to the principal of my debt. Principal is what you initially took out. Interest is what builds along the way. So you want to make sure that you're paying down that initial amount, not necessarily just paying off the interest or forwarding your due date. Now, those are a lot of technical things that we don't need to really deep dive into, but just know that debt to income ratio does play a part in your ability to borrow money for your home. So if you're still working on getting that down payment, one thing you can do, influence that debt to income ratio, get some of that debt paid down, but also looking at different sources of income. Maybe you could have a side gig and not necessarily multi-level marketing, although that seems to be a very popular one, but maybe it's something of babysitting on on evenings or I've known people who do grocery delivery or meal delivery or pick up odd jobs on websites like Fiverr or Upwork or something like that. So there's little ways that you can find how can I earn that extra, you know, 25, 50, 100 dollars that I can be putting away. Now also, while we're working towards this 20% gold standard, you want to make sure that you're keeping in mind other things that you need to be saving your dollars for. The first thing you should always be saving for is your emergency fund. Even when you are paying down debt and you're working on that debt to income ratio, you want to have an emergency fund ready. And when I was in graduate school, my emergency fund was very small. It was enough to cover maybe one car expense, right? A couple of hundred dollars because that's all I was able to save. Now that we are older and we're more stable, I've been out of graduate school for over a decade. We're able to have a little bit more of, hey, if something happened, we actually have our household expenses backed up with an emergency fund. But everybody's emergency fund is going to look a little different. Sometimes you'll hear to have three months of home expenses. Sometimes it's six. Sometimes it's just enough to cover that big expense that would come through. But whatever it is, start with your emergency fund. Come up with that small goal and start working towards having that. Because if and when you do become a homeowner, you are going to have things come up that you have to fix. And it's a lot trickier when you don't have a maintenance company any longer because you're not a renter. Now you are the landlord, you are the homeowner, you have to pay those things. So having that emergency fund set up is going to be really good, not only to help with your debt to income ratio and show that you've got more money in the bank, but it's also going to help you when you do own that home and those unexpected expenses pop up. 
And also keep in mind, you know, again, we're saving for that emergency fund, looking at that debt to income ratio, trying to save towards that 20% gold standard. But also remember, there's other things that come in with buying a home, things like closing costs. You need to be aware, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, but you need to be aware of what is going to be expected of you to pay up front the day you sign your papers and legally take ownership of your home. Sometimes closing costs are rolled into the mortgage or they're paid by the seller or all kinds of different combinations, but you should know that there's a potential that you're going to be you know, on the hook for five to $10,000 or more or less. So be aware of those kinds of things as well. You don't want to get all the way to the end, have all of this great success, find a home, get your contract approved, everything's going great. And then you find out, oh my gosh, we have this giant closing cost we weren't expecting. And now we're really having a difficult time. So those are things to be planning for on the front end before you are actually you know, buying that home working on that debt to income ratio, working on getting that emergency fund, saving up what you can towards that 20%, and then also preparing for closing costs. Now, I want to transition a little bit and talk about all of the different types of loans and what your down payment might look like. But before we move into that, let's take just a moment and hear from our sponsors. Trust is everything. For 140 years, Navy Mutual has been safeguarding your family and your future. Navy Mutual's financial strength and stability ensures they'll be there when you need them the most. They are there to provide members high-quality, low-cost life insurance and annuities, educate the military and uniform service community at large on matters of financial security, and to help members secure their earned survivor benefits. With commitment, competence, and character, for Navy Mutual, it's all about trust. A nationwide lender with branches across the country, Caliber Home Loans Incorporated is staffed with local experts who are eager to share their knowledge and help you realize your dream of homeownership. Caliber is committed to meeting the specific mortgage needs of the brave men and women of the United States Armed Forces who serve our country with resolute sacrifice and bravery. Their combination of our user-friendly technology and the professional guidance of their loan consultants creates a smooth route to homeownership. All right, everyone, welcome back. Now, again, we've already talked a little bit about how to save, what you should be saving for, what you should be anticipating from an expenses standpoint and preparing to take out that mortgage and preparing to have that 20% gold standard. Now we're gonna talk a little bit more about what you actually need to have for that down payment. Now we know that 20% has been the gold standard for a very, very long time. But with housing causes being what they are, especially for military families where our BAH is often not, that's our housing allowance, where our BAH is often not covering the cost of our home, it can be really intimidating to try to find extra dollars to put away for this down payment. So full disclosure, if you use a VA home loan, then there is a potential that you could do 0% down. Now, that sometimes means that you're going to have to do something like get private mortgage insurance, a PMI, that will be added onto your mortgage payment. So basically, they're taking out insurance of saying, hey, we think that you should be able to pay this. We're going to take out insurance just in case you default, which is going to raise your monthly payment. I know at one point when we bought our first home, we were not expecting that PMI is like a couple hundred dollars a month. So we had in our mind what the mortgage would be, but this insurance was added on and that number was different. So again, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have it or it's going to make your mortgage payment be something you can't afford. But just know that if you are doing 0% down, you might have something like a private mortgage insurance added to your interest rate. And that can be anywhere from half a percent to a full percentage point. And that adds up very, very quickly. 
Now, there's other types of loans that we've said. The VA loan, an FHA loan, is one where you might only need 3.5%. So, you know, say you've got a $200,000 home, then we're looking at $7,000 down, 3.5%. Conventional, of course, that's your regular or traditional or sort of gold standard loan that we've always heard about. 20% on a $200,000 home would be $40,000. So you can see where those numbers are really different, 3.5 and 20%, right? But you might have better interest rates when you have that down payment. And so over time, you're going to pay much less by having that down payment up front. So if we're looking at a conventional loan with that 5 to 10%, that's going to be somewhere between ten dollars to $20,000. So that's another option. But you might, again, have that private mortgage insurance. So these are things to think about when you're looking at how much you want to be saving. Now, depending on how far out you are, it wouldn't hurt to talk to a mortgage specialist, to talk to an expert, to talk to a lender, maybe not necessarily going through the process of getting fully pre-qualified, but just starting to ask about options from places like Navy Mutual or another local lender or wherever you do your banking. We have lots of different organizations that support us here at the Mill Housing Network who would be able to advise professionally on your specific situation, on your family circumstances, on your family's finances. But starting to learn more about what options you have, what that total dollar amount for the mortgage would look like, what that monthly amount would look like, whether or not you want to have a down payment, whether or not you want to pay for that private mortgage insurance, how you want to cover those closing costs, and then also knowing that you can buy down points. That's something you can do where you pay an extra fee to purchase down instead of having, say, a 2% interest, which it would be much higher than that, but you would have 1.5. And sometimes all of these are things that you can negotiate with your seller. So depending on how motivated your seller is, how much wiggle room they have in their budget, how much money they're willing to lose from their potential profit, you could ask for things like closing costs or for them to buy down one of your points or something like that. So all of this is going to be what you're going to want to talk to both your real estate professional, your realtor, and your lender when that time comes. So you can start gathering information now about, say, the area that you want to purchase in, maybe getting somebody to look at your finances, that debt-to-income ratio of, hey, this is what everything looks like. What should we be expecting? So if you're in that you know one to three-year range, you can start making that preparation. And if you're really in that shorter range, say you are moving in the next six months or you just got short notice orders. This is going to be something that you're really going to want to have that conversation with those lending professionals and say, this is where we're at. This is what we need to see happen. How can we make that happen in the best way that fits our family? Again, I am not a mortgage professional. I am not a finance professional, but these are the very basics to understand as you are getting ready to purchase that home and as you are trying to figure out how much should we be saving for that down payment. Now, I've seen people do all kinds of things for making that down payment happen and borrowing from friends or borrowing from family or, you know, borrowing from another property, a home equity loan. And those are all things you're going to want to talk with your lending professional about to see what is ultimately going to serve your family best, knowing that your family is not like anybody else's family and your circumstance is not like anybody else's circumstance. And that's not bad. So to recap, you want to make sure as you are getting ready in that, say, one to three, five year range starting to work on that emergency fund, paying down that debt-to-income ratio, starting to save up for those closing costs and for that down payment. And then as you're getting closer, really talking to your mortgage professionals, to your potential lenders, and getting that idea of what works for your circumstances, what does that down payment need to look like, and ultimately, what are you going to be able to afford in your family's budget as you move into the next home that you are hoping to purchase for your family to live in? Because ultimately, 
when we're looking at buying houses, we are creating homes. We are creating the spaces that our family will make memories and the spaces that we are going to live our lives. And so while we want it to be beautiful and storybook, we also want to be able to enjoy it and to not be stressed and to be confident in the decisions that we're making. Be sure that you subscribe to our podcast and that you share it with your friends. We appreciate the feedback and comments you share with us as we support our military community. Thank you all so much for being a part of the Mill Housing Nation. We appreciate you. The Mill Housing Nation is where you will always have a community no matter where you are stationed.